Hi, I'm Josh. Hey, this is Stella. <laughs> and welcome to the Greater Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So this is our first time recording, and we're super excited, and I think we're just going to do a quick intro on who we are before we jump into anything. Um, yeah, so my name is Josh White, and uh, I guess caveat, we both are real estate brokers at Horizon Real Estate, and um, that's in Green Lake. Uh, my background is I worked at Zillow before I became a real estate agent. I was working with real estate agents um, as, a, as a representative at Zillow, and I kind of got my feet wet in that sense and got super interested in the industry. I got licensed in 2017, and after I had done a few deals there, I decided to go full-time as a real estate broker. And so I've been doing that for a few years now. That's me. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Um, so I'm Stella. I'm also a real estate agent. Um, pretty new to the industry, though. I got my license over the summer, maybe around June or July. Um, with the help of Josh, uh, he helped me purchase my second property back in the winter. And he also threw out there, hey, well, do you want to be a broker? And I'm like, why not? <laughs> so um, unlike Josh, I have a W-2. So I have an engineering job from my 9 to 5. And then I do real estate um, on the side. So that's what I do. Um, and with that, I think we'll, we're going to jump into our rose and thorn of the week. So, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Okay. Quick information about what this is, is we're going to talk about kind of our pro, the good things that happened this week, which is the rose, and then one bad thing that happened during the week, and that's a thorn. And it could be anything regarding our real estate careers or something else. Just keep it kind of free flow. So Josh, what is your rose and thorn for the week? Yeah, um, I guess I'll start with a thorn. Um, I have this condo listing in Renton, and it's presenting a new problem that I haven't come across before. Um, and the the reason for the problem, what's what the issue is, is none of the buyers that are interested in the condo can get financing to buy it. Um, the reason for that is uh, their one person actually owns... The rule is over 20%. I think this person actually owns about 40% of the units in this building of like 150 units. And because of that, um, nobody can get conventional loans to buy the property. And it's also not approved for FHA loans or VA loans. So essentially, that limits our pool of buyers to cash buyers only. And we've just been having some issues, you know, we've had to drop the price a few times because of that. And even, you know, even the cash buyers that might be interested, like the interest rates are so low right now that um, people don't want to use cash. They want, they would prefer to finance it because it just makes more sense. So that's kind of been an ongoing struggle there. Um, I think the rose of my day or week, uh, we just got a new roommate in the house that I live in that has, I think there's eight people living here. And uh, she's awesome. We met her on Craigslist, like we find a lot of our roommates. And we've just been hanging out with her this week and kind of getting to know her story. And yeah, she's just a super cool person. And I love getting to meet new people. It's mm -hmm. kind of one of the things I like about this. And so Stella, uh, what's your rose and thorn? Yeah, that was a really interesting one. I never heard of that situation where, um, you know, you're selling a unit and you can't get your buyers to get a loan on it. That's kind of weird. I hadn't heard of it either. And no. honestly, I didn't know about it until I had already listed the property. Right. So it's been a learning process. Oh, fun. Okay. 
Well, I don't have anything dramatic as that, but <laughs> my rose of the week would be I closed my first deal. Um, Congrats. I want to say a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so, you know, big thanks to Josh on that one, kind of helping me each step of the way. Um, and then shout out to my friends, Pius and Tanya, who used me as a broker. And they bought this really sweet condo up in Montlake Terrace, and they love it. So it's been a really interesting experience, and, you know, also... Um, it's been fun. So that was my rose. Um, my thorn isn't really something too solid. I think it's it's trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. So, right, I'm a very new real estate broker in the industry, and I'm trying to get my feet wet. But one problem I'm seeing is trying to get leads, consistent leads. Um, I still haven't figured that part out, and I don't know anything about marketing or marketing myself or any of that. So... Um, yeah, hopefully this podcast helps, (laughs) but other than that, yeah, I'm still trying to find my way and, uh, get more clients. So, uh, that's kind of my thorn of the week. Awesome. Okay. So for our first episode, we are going to discuss some of the misperceptions that we see, um, with specifically first time buyers about buying real estate, um, kind of, you know, what we've seen working with people and, you know, maybe set some people straight. So I guess one of the, one of the big ones, I think, what, what were you mentioning? Um, yeah, it was that most people don't realize that you don't need that 20% yeah. down payment. Um, for a FHA loan, I think it's 3% minimum. Yeah, so for the majority of cases, it's as low as 3%. There's actually, there are some loan programs. You can go as low as 0%, right, like depending on your... Mm-hmm. VA loans, definitely, you can always go as low as... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you've been in the military, you have fantastic options for buying housing, and you should definitely take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even for non-military, uh, the, you know, if you are lower income, there are certain programs where you may not have to put anything down to buy a house. Yeah. So that's definitely something I see often. And another kind of something that goes hand in hand with that is a lot of people, even if they know that they can put as low as 3% down, they think that they should put a bigger down payment down. Um, because I think that's kind of just been like conventional knowledge that's Mm -hmm. been handed down from generations and it's sort of, um, situation specific. So like right now the interest rates are so low the money is so cheap. I think it makes sense for people to use that cash differently. Like you don't have to put mm-hmm. all of your cash into your payment. You could put 3% and then potentially use that to buy an investment property. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of spread yourself out a little bit because if you have 3% interest, you're probably beating inflation on just the appreciation of your house alone. So yeah, that's another big one that I see. Yeah, I think what's interesting is a little bit more background about like Josh and I, but we also invest in properties and to make the numbers work, right? We don't want to put all our cash into one deal, right? We want to pot- try to put as minimum cash as we can. So, you know, we get a finance, get the mortgage, house hack, do whatever you got to do to get the mortgage paid off every month. And then whatever cash you got left over, that will be for your next property. Yeah. So. Um, that's a mindset that people can, you know, can use. But if you're not in the whole investor thing, you know, maybe you just want one for your family with a yard, for your dog, for your kids. Maybe it does make sense to put in as much cash as you can. So you reduce your monthly payment. So, yeah, as you were saying, it's situational based. So Yeah. One thing I would say is uh, a lot of people don't know this. You can um, increase your, you, you can pay more in your closing costs when you buy real estate to actually buy your interest rate down. So it's an out-of-pocket expense at the beginning. 
and it goes to the whoever's doing the loan for you, but you can pay to have lower monthly payments because you're paying less interest. And I think that is actually usually worth it. If you're going to hold mm. your property for more than a few years, then it probably makes sense to spend more at the beginning and buy the interest rate. Is that rate. the same as a buying points? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they use, okay. well, the, it's kind of confusing the terminology they use because mm. they, they tell you, when they're telling you how much it costs, they usually tell you in terms of points, right. which is like percent of the loan that they're making is how, you know, how much they're, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, a lot of people don't know about that and it's kind of a good trick. Um, yeah, what other mis- misperceptions that's, are we? That's a good one. Um, yeah, so another one is buying is definitely not for everyone. So uh, we like to think that it is for everyone. But, you know, if you're a person that is doesn't want to settle down in Seattle or you're always on the move every year, you have a huge traveling job every year, you're really not at home that much, it doesn't really make sense for you to buy. So, you know, if you're really not in that stable lifestyle or you know interested like don't be pressured to buy a house you know that's a big also a big mistake people can make they make a huge financial you know commitment to a house but they're never there or or you know they're they're moving around too much and it just doesn't make sense so you know definitely think about your lifestyle and how buying a home it, it suits you yeah and on that note i think um some people they actually might want to buy real estate but not buy a primary residence I know some people that they have an investor mindset and they don't want necessarily want to buy a condo maybe because they don't think it's as good of an investment as like a single family house or maybe even like multifamily, like, a, uh, you know, triplex or something. Uh, so they don't want to, you know, if they're like living alone, they don't want to buy a whole house and have the room sitting empty because it's not a great investment, but maybe they want to rent out an apartment and buy an apartment complex over in Spokane that they rent out. Um, so yeah, I guess my, my add on to that would be that buying a primary residence isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another topic that really comes up a lot for me with first time buyers is, uh, ideas about financing. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of misperceptions that kind of go along with that. Um, and there's also some confusion about the roles that you know, sometimes I think uh, in Seattle, the population in general has maybe a better sense in some places in the country. But, uh, you know, there's two people involved in your real estate transaction. There's your real estate agent and then somebody separately that is handling your financing. And, you know, people, I guess there's a few things like one is uh, people sometimes are afraid to get pre-approved for one reason or another. Um they just don't understand the process usually. It's pretty quick and painless. Most lenders, you know, they just have an online form that might take you 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how handy your documents are. Um, but a lot of people think that doing that, like getting that pre-approval is going to impact your credit score. And in some situations, you know, if your credit score is really low already, like 500, I don't know, like, you know, a low credit score, um, then getting that hard pull on your credit might have a small impact. But if you have a credit score of above 600 or so, you're not going to see an impact on your credit from getting approved from a lender. Mm-hmm. And so like that's going to allow you to, you know, going through that process is going to tell you how much of a house you can afford. So if you're starting the search, that's really the first step. And a lot of people don't know that either. They, they start looking for homes and then they're find one they like and go to get pre-approved for it and find out, oh, you know, that's actually 
not something they can afford. So you'll be able to find out exactly like hard numbers. What is this going to cost me, you know, in terms of my down payment payment plus my closing costs. And then also what is the interest rate that I'm going to get? And like the factors that go into that are, you know, your credit score, what other monthly debt obligations you have, you know, if you have another person involved in the transaction, those will all go into there. So I would definitely like recommend everybody get pre-approved if you're thinking about buying real estate. That's definitely the first step and there's no downside to it. Mm-hmm. And a little going back a little bit, um, but pre-approval basically means your lender kind of went through your like your pay stubs and to make sure you have income, your credit score to see how reliable you are into in paying your mortgage. And they kind of do th- write a letter saying, hey, you know, this person XYZ is qualified to get a loan up to $500,000 for a house. So um, it's basically just like kind of a gut check with the lender. So that's kind of what the pre-approval uh, process is like. Yeah, exactly. And you need it, by the way. So when you make an offer to buy a house, alongside your offer, you also send, or like your real estate agent will send it for you, but the offer and your pre-approval letter from the lender. And sometimes like a seller's agent will call the lender and just double check, you know, hey, what? tell me a little bit more about this person. Like, are they qualified? Um, so that is obviously something the sellers are considering when they are choosing whether or not to accept your offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think for my last client, I you know attached the pre-approval letters with all of my offers, and that's yep. Yeah, so that's kind of how it works. Yeah, I mean, if you try to submit an offer without it <laughs> in our market, how competitive it is, yeah. they won't even. They won't look at it's it. It's not. Yeah. Was there anything else? That's wanted? a good one. Um, I mean, I kind of just remembered this one on the fly, but. Real estate brokers or agents also sell land. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, because I was just having this conversation with a friend and she was like, I don't think I can ever afford a home. And she was like, I don't even want a house. Like, I just want a van and I can like park it on the like middle of nowhere and just sleep there like every day. And I'm like, you know what? You can buy land for as cheap as 10 grand right now. So if you want to go look with me, you know, we can go look at some land. And she was like, wait, I can buy land for that cheap? I'm like, yeah, in Washington State, absolutely. Yeah, So there's always something for you, even if you don't want a house, you know, there's also a little huts and shacks out in Snoqualmie that I've been seeing on the MLS. Um, so, you know, if you're a special type of person, we've got special stuff for you too. Yeah. I'm going to circle back really quick to the pre-approval thing. Another thing that nobody knows really until I tell them is that when you get a pre-approval, it's actually good for 120 days before mm. you have to redo it. Um, so, yeah. Again, just get pre-approved. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. We know... I'm sure you know, I have a few lenders I could recommend if anybody's interested. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a couple as well. So, um, yeah. Do do you have another one? I think that's really the main things that I'm, that I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, this, this wasn't too much information for you guys on the first episode, but you know, this is kind of the cadence that I think we're going to be doing. Yeah. And we can always elaborate more on topics yeah if anyone we should have a platform where they can email us yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah we'll put our email we'll post our emails in our bio and just let us know any recommendations or if you want us to talk about topics more we can always go into more detail Mm -hmm. yep cool all right thanks guys